There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Tuned and Strong podcast episode 14, I think. We're so. getting up there. <laughs> Good for us. It's been a year. It's already been a year. Yes. Ish. <laughs> it's March, right? Yeah. It yeah. is March. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> year. I am Angela McCuson of Music Strong, and I am joined by. I am Dr. Jen Cavis of Tuned and Tone Performance. And we're going to be continuing on today with the uh, theme that we've had the last couple times, which was healthy habits. Um, and based on that, we've got this lovely book that Angela has been working on. <laughs> it's not a small one, FYI. If you're seeing this, this is this is why it's taken us a couple a uh, couple episodes to work our way through this. And we're going to divide this into two parts so we don't spend you know hours talking like we do. Right. But yeah, the book is called No Sweat, and it's by Michelle Seagar. Um, and it's how the simple science of motivation can bring you a lifetime of fitness. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and the reason we're talking about fitness, and yes, we are musicians, you can, you can make that, you can make that crossover between musicians and fitness and vice versa and the practice room and your life. A lot of this can be how it can have cross genre applications. So do you want to practice? Should you practice? Do you want to play your instrument? Do you want to do your job? Do you want to play? Et cetera, et cetera. It can, it can go everywhere. But since we are strength coaches, um, we're going to apply this to, to uh, exercise, and you can draw your own meanings from there and then leave us comments on what your thoughts are. Yeah. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about is what is the meaning that exercise has for you? And the, the author starts with talking about uh, this guy named, oh, we're going to call him Jack. Um, she said, well, what's the, what is the meaning exercise and diet has for Jack? And he says, he didn't think about it. So how many of us don't think about it? We just do, right? So he says, well, I never thought about it. At first, I want to work out, and then I just don't, right? Right now... Exercise just means failure and humiliation. Yeah, so when we decide to focus on our body shape or our health, we rarely stop to ask ourselves how we're thinking and feeling about this big change we want to make in our lives. Instead, we just jump to the doing part. We're like, nope. How many times have you and I felt uncomfortable in our bodies? And we're mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm just going to work out. I'm just going to change my diet. And it doesn't matter how radical or how simple it is. We just jump to the doing. We yes. don't focus on what exercise or diet means to us, right? Mm -hmm. So what does the word exercise mean to you? Um, you know, right? I don't know that I like even that word anymore. Exercise. I don't like the word exercise. I don't. I'll use workout because it's just a convenient programmed word, but really I don't care for that either because of the implications it has. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
I've, I've started switching from exercise to what it is I'm specifically doing. You know, like I'm lifting today. Lifting has a different meaning for me. I'm yes. building, I'm challenging myself. I'm seeing what I'm capable of, or I'm biking today. I'm building my cardio capacity in a way that feels good to me versus like, oh yeah, I'm going to go uh, do my cardio now. Like, no, I'm, right. I'm biking. I'm going for a run. I'm sprinting. Um, I yeah, I, I don't like exercise because it immediately puts me in that mindset of like, oh yeah, I got to go do this thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so she, she mentioned, she says, uh, although you may rarely stop to consider what something means to you, Everything in our lives does have a deeper symbolic meaning that is unique to us. So you just answered it that way. I do the same thing if it's, if it's, I don't, you know, what's funny is I had, um, I'm part of a bunch of biking groups on Facebook and I'm on Strava. You guys are on Strava. Come find me. Um, let's cheer each other on. Strava is great for, uh, endurance athletes, which I'm not, but I like to record my, <laughs> I like to record my bike rides. And somebody said, uh, he's a guy that I, I went to church with back when I was a kid. The guy's like 70 and will just, he broke his pelvis and then he went out and rode 60 miles. I mean, he man's a machine. I mean, okay. once it healed, but I mean, he didn't just like ramp up. He's just, he's just an anomaly. Right. And so I remember writing something cause I'm dealing with all these injuries and I finally come to terms that while I have said, I'm not an endurance athlete, but I'd like to try because of the challenge. It's okay to also not be an endurance athlete just because I'm surrounded by <laughs> crazy bikers who, who think you're just like, I have one friend who said, well, if I'm not going to do a hundred miles, why bother? I'm like, I don't know. Cause it's fun <laughs> just to ride and not suffer, you know, which leads me to another book, by the way, if you guys are ever interested in the science of, <laughs> this sounds terrible, the science of suffering, which is, <laughs> That's not exactly accurate, but it kind of is. It's this book that was recommended by a personal training conference I went to with NASM. It's called Endure, and it's also the science of motivation, but suffering and what are our real limits? Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's like how people died or don't die doing exercise, you know, or like scaling. Who, who can scale Kilimanjaro without oxygen and who can't? which is great or with gear or not, it makes, it's fascinating, you know, like what are the true limits of human endurance? Anyway, that's a tangent. But, um, the, the guy I was talking about, I was mentioning something about, um, uh, about, I, I had to get out and exercise. Mm -hmm. And he said, riding a bike should never be about exercise. You have to do it because you love it. And that mm -hmm. just sticks with me. So every time I'm on the bike and I start to feel like, man, I got to get 30 minutes or I got to get at least five miles or whatever, Dwayne's words come back to me like, are you loving this? If you're not loving this, you don't have to do it, which is kind of the topic of what we're talking about, actually, which is wonderful. So. Um, <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> yes, yes. And actually, she's got, if you guys get this book, she's got these action things here. And I want to run through a couple of them real quick. So they're good questions to ask yourself. She calls them, it's your move, which I think is catchy. Um, when you think about your history with exercise, and I want to ask you about your history. Um, so, you know, we continually get messages that influence our meanings and she capitalizes meanings, you know, our role models, our parents, et cetera, meaning um, they, they consciously or unconsciously influence the meanings we hold. So she mentions when you were growing up, what messages verbal or nonverbal did you get from your family, friends, and community 
about exercise. So for example, who was physically active in your family? What were you told about the quote, right way to exercise? Hmm. This is, this is a hairy thing to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we've talked about a lot of sensitive stuff, but I actually feel like this is more sensitive um, than some of the other stuff that we've talked about. Like a lot of musicians don't want to talk about injuries. I have no problem with that. This, huh? You don't have to <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it was one of those that basically what was shown to me through repeated example, whether that was school or friends or family or the people around me, was that people generally fell into two categories, fit and not. And if you were fit, you just were naturally gifted. And that was just a thing that you were. Nice. And if you were not then you're just uncoordinated and not meant to do this stuff. And if you fell into this category, which according to PE tests, I did. Gosh. Not according to my life, but according to PE tests, I was over here. Um, I was not fit either. <laughs> you were supposed to just, well, I mean, again, this is, this is my interpretation of a child, right? So right. it didn't matter that I was a fast runner, uh, you know, when I was younger. It didn't matter that I played basketball. It didn't matter that I danced for hours. It didn't matter that... I had more strength than I was aware of because it was through mundane tasks. Aha. Uh -huh. But because I was tested on stuff that I wasn't trained on, mm -hmm. I was over here. And so, oh, you're going to be the chunky girl. And therefore, you should exercise because you're not fit and you're going to be fat. Oh, oh, that's deep. That's that's why I avoid the term exercise because that immediately gets me into that mode. Not yes. helpful. Not helpful. <laughs> you know? yeah, I feel you because like oh. I was the I wasn't a fat kid, but I wasn't a thin kid either, right? And um, I guess I was just average, whatever that means. Um, but I didn't have a whole lot of body image issues as a kid. But mm -hmm. I did see my mom struggling with diets from day one. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. that. That that struck a a, a a a nerve, a chord, or whatever. Um, but like exercising to me was was getting on my bike and tearing around the neighborhood and running around and jump roping. And you remember like, well, I had big wheels, but uh, before before my my rainbows, but I had a rainbow bright, I think, or strawberry shortcake uh, with a banana seat and the fly. You know, yeah, it's a big yeah. deal when I got a ten speed. <laughs> um, do you remember Skip Bo? Yes. I, had, I would do that for hours. Right. And all of that to me was under play and not exercise. So it can, it did not do anything to contradict this category that I had felt I was placed into. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. But so, couldn't do a pull up. Couldn't do a push up. So not, not fit. Couldn't do a 13 minute mile because I sprinted the first hundred yards. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, if you're trying to get a 13-minute mile, pro tip, do not sprint. Especially at the beginning. Don't sprint. <laughs> that presidential fitness test for third graders, man, I was like, there's no fair. I can't climb a rope. I couldn't do any of that stuff. No. No, and I was never taught how to. I was just tested on it. Yep. Yep, that's how kids are. So that's, that's a fun one to unpack. But yeah. here's another one. So what adjectives come to mind to describe the images of people exercising that you typically see in the media? What do you think these images are trying to sell you? That's a whole 
Uh-huh. <laughs> right. We may need to save that for a different episode because that's something I would like to get into. But if we do it, it's going to be our. No worries. <laughs> I'm just going to. I'm going to continue just to read these. So you guys have these for food for thought. Yeah. So we're talking about what adjectives come to mind to describe the images of people exercising that you typically see in the media. What do you think these images are trying to sell you? Um, how have these images made you feel about yourself? How do they make you feel about exercising? What have these images motivated you to do? What do these images motivate you not to do? And then based on your answers to those questions, what does exercise mean or symbolize to you? So that's, that's, that's a whole lot, but we're going to move on to the vicious cycle of failure. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're watching this, you can see what the vicious cycle of failure is. Feel free to screenshot this. So um, it's the cycle of try, fail, try again, fail again. It's a vicious cycle of failure because it sets us up to fail again and again and again, despite our best intentions. Right. 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 So every failure, every bad experience reinforces the meaning we hold for exercise, which if you haven't guessed already, is bound to be negative at this point. So we start with, we have a, where do we start? We start with the wrong why, and we're about to unpack that. The, the, when we're, when, if you've read Simon Sinek's book, uh, what, The Power of Why, right? Is that right? The Power of Why? I don't know this one. Well, it's in my room. Anyway, everybody, everybody who's read that book is like screaming at me what the name is. But it's, it's all about what is your why, right? And that's not always so easy to get down to um, the nitty gritty. Like I'm doing this group coaching program I'm launching and the whole point of it is I had to get down to the very nitty gritty of what do musicians really want? And I did say I want, they want fitness. That's really generic. What does that mean? Yeah. I I think this week I figured out we want job security is what we really want. Yes. I would say that's true. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably yeah that's probably really the biggest right. If you're going to get a musician into it for musicians' reasons, right? We job security. We want to be able to play our instruments forever. That's yeah. all we really want. Yep. We want our bodies to just do what they're supposed to do. That's another topic. But so if we start with the wrong why, mm-hmm. I want to be healthy, quote unquote. Right. It becomes a chore. Then it becomes a should, and uh-huh. then we fail. And then we search for the next wrong why. Right. Yeah. Or we come back with the same wrong why, which is something yeah. that I've seen again and again and again and again. It's like, well, this didn't work last time, but I just have to try harder. And, and before before we get too much further than that, um, it was a really interesting study. I, I I got it off of StrongFit. So if you're really interested in it, go search StrongFit and it's there, the lobster study that they cite. Um, <laughs> but it's talking about lobster fights. Okay. And funny enough, we have very similar as humans, chemical reactions in our brains. And we'll talk about the lobsters because that's a little easier to approach. So lobsters, male lobsters fight each other, right? For dominance and position. And I don't know, lobster things. Why would lobsters? <laughs> lobster you know, <laughs> Like lobster superiority. I don't know. I um, love it. But what happens is they fight each other. And the one who loses, the one who wins gets bigger physically. The one who loses 
is more likely to lose the next fight, even if it's against a lobster who is smaller. Yeah. The more losses the lobster racks up, the more kind of like this the lobster behaves, the more likely it is to lose again and again and again, even when it shouldn't. Even when it shouldn't. Doesn't matter. The more wins the lobster gets, the bigger and badder and like, even when it shouldn't win, it wins the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we are very similarly wired according to this same study, which again, I, I can't cite it because I would have to go find it, but look it up. Um, so if you think about trying to start an exercise program and failing at it as a loss, you're, you're in a fight with yourself and you just lost. Every time you lose, it's going to get worse. If you come into it with the right mindset, which we're going to unpack in a second here, if you come into it with the right why and you win, you're more likely to continue on. You're going to continue to win. You're not going to get into this cycle of like exercise is the worst thing ever. I should do it, whatever. And then you're just done, you know, after a month or so. Um, so, yeah, that's my little tangent there. But it's oh, we're literally chemically wired for that. So it is very important if you're about, if you're thinking about starting up before you start, make sure, make sure that you have the right reasons to be there. Right. So she starts yeah. talking about like what some of the wrong reasons are. Yeah. Better health, mm -hmm. weight, oh, better quote numbers, whatever your blood work says, or 20 years from now, cholesterol, mm -hmm. heart disease, diabetes, wanting to avoid certain health problems, or I just uh, want to, quote, be healthy. Also yeah. a wrong why. Ooh, yeah. I hear Let's that all the time. Let's unpack that because it seems like being healthy, right, should be a great reason to get us into the gym. <laughs> why you would think you are wrong. <laughs> I got I to find the reason for that in all, in all my notes here. But um, okay. I'll get back to that in one sec. Yeah. But um, so why on earth do we keep doing the same thing again and again when it has led to failure? We do because the meaning we hold for exercise. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So we are hardwired to choose immediate gratification over long term benefits. Yes. So if you're doing something to avoid looking a certain way or having a certain problem decades down the road, you're less likely to stick to it than if you get immediate gratification out of it. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Um, and that, that's oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's a little bit of that whole why being healthy is a problem. Why for showing up? Yeah. Because right? if you're going. Um, it, it's that you were talking about the guy with the. Um, who felt like he was just humiliated and yeah. Well, with the injections, the one who had that disease. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, I'm trying to find that. Yeah. Basically, the guy had hepatitis C, mm. and he had to give himself injections, I don't know, once a week or once a month or whatever it was. I got to find it. But the, the point is, he, he, he knew he was going to feel really bad that whole day. And so the point was, if he didn't give himself Did injection, he'd have liver failure in 30 years. Well. Correct. If he didn't, um, you know, he so he went from trying to avoid that behavior to, hey, I know I'm going to feel really bad. So as a reward for doing this thing I, I don't like, 
um, instead of avoiding something, I'm going to reward myself with watching my favorite movies all day. Yeah. 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 And similar, um, just, I, I, I say similar, it's kind of personal tangent again. Um, when I started really, um, I, I really hate using the word, word exercising, lifting, working, the, the various things that I currently do. When I yeah. started, I started because I finally got so bad I couldn't sleep. You know, yep. I couldn't sleep. I was in pain all the time. Ugh. And working out and lifting made me feel better and sleep easier. That's immediate. Like, you'd think they're the same thing. Like, I'm getting healthier, right? Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that if I am. <laughs> If I am starting to have trouble, say I'm really, really busy and I'm letting my workout slip a little bit. Yeah. And I suddenly have trouble sleeping or I suddenly have a harder time with my digestion, which is tied in with my lifting. Yep. Well, that's the butt. I'm going to make it a priority to get back in the gym as soon as possible. You know? <laughs> um, when there's that immediate feedback of like, no, no, I feel better when I do this. So it's worth showing up, you know? Yeah. Um, and then tying that into what we were talking about with finding the activity that fits your personality last, last time we were talking about that. So you want to tell me like, oh, you've got to go, you know, bike for three hours in order to sleep, or I can yep. go lift sandbags for 60 minutes. Like I'm going to go pick up the sandbags. I like that. It's fun. <laughs> Right. It's fun. See, that's the, that's the point there. It's fun yeah. for you. And that, that right. gets to the root of this entire book is that you have to find, and we'll get to it, but you have to find the activity you like to do. The one that rewards you, the one that, that, that lifts you up and gets you all excited. And you're like, oh, dude, I, this is fun. It's play. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It's not a should. Right. Right. I love playing with sandbags. I love playing with sandbags. And that's the word, play. I get to play, play. with them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So your, your meaning is the root of your motivation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you think about play, mm-hmm. uh, that sounds way more fun than uh, I just want to be healthy. I want to lose weight. So I should motivation right. for exercise. Yeah. Right. Right. And that, that ties back into what you had talked about before with the uh, body shaping and weight loss mindset. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I gotta find this. This might be all out of order. I don't know. So, right. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, and that has to do with how you. So there was a study that she did that basically said what what do people when they're exercising what do they? And I can't mm-hmm. find it. Of course, what do they think about it? Right. And so she she defined these people into two different categories: body shapers. And non-body shapers. And you know if you're a body shaper or not because you're like, why do I go to the gym? Uh, how I look? How, yeah. how, you know, versus, hey, this is fun. I like being outside. This, I enjoy this. This is such a nice day versus, yeah. I hope I can keep this up. I'm glad I made it through. Yeah. That's not an enjoyable activity for you, is it? Right. It has to do with, with, with activity and i'm gonna say activity instead of exercise activity being a gift instead of a chore yes absolutely absolutely and pro tip if you are doing an activity and it is a chore you are probably not doing a good activity for you oh yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah and but 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we are skipping around an awful lot, but Sorry. Um, like one of the, I mean, there's just so much in this book. I really recommend you read it because, and I read it on Audible first. We're on the, I, I got it from the library. Do you guys forget we have a library? Right. You can still buy get books for free from the library and they're audiobooks. So, you know, and then I got this and I had to go reread the whole thing. But, um, you know, there was a, there was another study that had to do with uh, M&Ms and it's not the marshmallow exercise, uh, like the, the marshmallow um, study you've heard of, like the kids who are told, um, if you you can eat the marshmallow now, or you can eat the marshmallow later, and if you eat the marshmallow later, you get a second marshmallow. So they they tracked these kids for like thirty years or twenty years, and the kids who ate the marshmallow immediately had very different lives. That they were very similar lives, but very different lives from the kids who were able to delay gratification. That's another study. That's not what we're talking about. So oh. if you haven't heard about the marshmallow study, go look it up. It's it's a pretty famous one. But um, this one, it's a, there's a, you know, I'm not going to get into it. There's too many things. So (laughs) we're going to get to feelings, feelings, trump function, right? It's all, all of this is really connected, but so like in general, human beings approach things that feel good and they avoid things that feel bad, obviously. So there is. We there's there's this and other research that strongly suggests that we must care deeply about how being physically active makes us feel if we hope to make a lifetime out of it, not a should. How does it make us feel? We want right. to make a sustain a lifetime of it. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you right now, I do follow several senior ladies on Instagram and social medias who are incredibly active women. Um, one of them is like a competitive ninja warrior. Dude, really? Yeah, she's awesome. She got her first pull up at, I think it was 60 or 65. And now she's a competitive ninja warrior. Atta girl. And I saw another one that was this woman in India, um, who is a, an 83 or 84 year old power lifter. Yes. You know? And she's like in her sorry in her home doing uh, plate squats to a chair and like deadlift. Oh. Like, oh my god! It, first off, it's adorable. Second off, you're watching them doing this, going, they are having the time of their lives. Right? You know what I mean? They don't care. And I can tell you right now that both of those ladies are not going to be having a problem carrying their groceries inside. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, or their grandkids, or right. you know, any of it. That's so true. That's awesome. That's so that's so motivational. You're just like, yeah, yeah, get after it. It's so nice to see older people doing stuff like that because you know, like the the symptoms of old age are the same as the symptoms of disuse. Yeah. Yes. And right? the takeaway into what we're talking about is they're still doing it because they love it. Yes. You know. Yes. They happen to look healthier and more fit and thinner, if that's your goal than a lot of the other ladies their age. Yes, but that's not what they're, when they're talking about it, when they're showing them their work, yeah. that does not come up at all, at all. Right. Like, these are not no. people who do this if that was their motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this goes into something we'll talk about a little later, but um, like autonomy, you have the choice of how you want to move. And so actually research shows that when you choose to make a movement a regular part of your life for personally compelling reasons, 
not shoulds, not wrong ways, personally compelling reasons and choose to move in ways that feel good to you, you're more likely to stick with exercise and to maintain weight loss. So if you're going to the gym or you're doing an intense workout, um, and there's, by the way, there's, there's intense workout differences between the sexes, if you didn't know, there's guys tend to enjoy it more and women tend to enjoy it less. That's not you know, saying that everybody, but it's, it's a, it's an actually a tendency that they studied, which I thought was interesting. I don't know. That explains why guys like BJJ more than girls, I guess. <laughs> but, but you know, you, if you, you have the, there's another story in this book about this guy who specifically hired a personal trainer who was like a drill sergeant because he knew that trainer would make him do things he didn't want to do and force him to do it. And he hated every second of it. And yeah. the, the, the author's like, didn't you? He's like, I dread it. I don't want to go. I hate it. He sucks. We're like, didn't you hire him exactly for that reason? He said, yeah. <laughs> and so she said, well, look, why, what do you hate about it? She's like, well, he makes me run hill sprints or whatever, and I dread them. And she goes, well, why don't you choose to do it differently? She's like, he goes, well, then it doesn't count. It's not as intense. It's not as, you know, and that refers to a previous episode we just did. But she said, no, no, yeah. you have autonomy. You have choice. Yes, he's telling you, maybe you can choose to run a little differently. Maybe you can choose to run and walk. Maybe you can see the hill as a personal challenge that you take ownership of. And so he, he basically did that. And he decided that, you know, maybe what's my time? Oh, can I beat my time? And that became his thing. Yes. And that, that right there, that is how simple this mindset thing is, right? That is exactly how simple this is. Um, can you take what you're doing and either find a way to love it or find something you love and either way, make it something you can play with. I mean, yes. for real, I don't, I don't know that the average, okay, not that I don't know. I know for a fact that most people who look at my workouts are like, she's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other day. That's awesome. Oh my God. I love what I do. So fun. So I love it. Right? Because every day I go, you know, okay, last week I got the 200 pound, or this was a couple weeks ago. I got the 200 pound sandbag off the floor and it was janky, but I got it and I used my butt to do it, not my back. Awesome. I get it more quickly and without it sliding down my pants and you know the time after that it's like okay now this week i want to not drop it <laughs> i love it i love it but that, that's my mindset with it is like i have wanted that 200 pound sandbag for a long time you know <laughs> i love it i love it you're like hey um let's work on your back squat and go for weight i'm like, i'm out bye no no thanks no i hate squats I'm working on loving them, but I have to do them my way. And that's something that I I can squat a sandbag now and be happy with it. Okay. I'm working on air squats safely. And what I didn't like was my knees always got blown up. I'm like, yeah, because I was squatting wrong. Ah, (laughs) yeah. So form above all. Right. Yeah. and that was actually part of the problem too. It's like, oh no, they look fine. So they're fine. I'm like, great, but I can't feel my butt. Not fine. Not, not fine. Doesn't matter that it looks fine. If I can't feel my glutes, not a healthy squat. Not healthy. No. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Absolutely so. not. 
Um, so last thing I want to go back to is the is the gift versus chore. Yes. There's some stuff I highlighted that I, I just I don't want to paraphrase. I just like it how she says it better. Um, so she has a she had a client named Cheryl and she's talking about listening to her body's messages. So try this. I suggested the next time you find yourself resisting exercise or you don't want to do the workout you planned, just mm -hmm. stop a minute. Don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Just stop and close your eyes and ask yourself what type of movement would feel good to do. If it's nothing, that's okay too. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So then she goes on to the client. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just, just on that, you finish your story and we'll come back. Sorry. Okay. So she said, so she, she, the, the, the client went on to like, she decided, well, I like yoga and I really like the one where we stretch out at the end on the floor in this pose I can't pronounce, corpse pose, actively doing nothing. And she said, that sounds even less like exercise than I thought. And the, the author says, don't worry about it. The goal is to reconnect with your preferences and likes. What you choose to do right now is not that relevant. Your body's yeah. just letting you know what it wants. And apparently, this is the way it needs to move right now. Listen and let me know what happens. So... Then, the, I mean, this lady ended up dropping all this weight and changing her life and doing all these things, but it's because she started paying attention to what her body really wanted. I mean, how many times have you had a workout plan and you're just like, I just don't want to do this, but I have to do this. And then how many, and hated it. And then how many times have you had a workout plan? And you're like, no, I just, I hate going for walks. Mm -hmm. I just, it's so slow, <laughs> but I didn't have a bike yesterday and I, I couldn't bear to go sit inside in a coffee shop with Wi-Fi. Right. I was like, now I'm going to go for a walk outside. As yep. much as I don't like it, and the sunshine was amazing, and that's what that's what I needed, and it yeah. was fine. Yeah, yeah, and same deal, by the way. And this is, this is what I was gonna say is that it doesn't matter what level you're at. You know what I mean? No. If you're a second year functional fitness person, to avoid any problems there, um, <laughs> experiencing some burnout because that's common in second year for that thing, or if you're a power lifter and you're like, I, why am I here? Why am I doing this to myself? Yes. How advanced you are, you are like you and I, right. We're, we're coaches, right. We've been doing this for years. We're coaches. We're a little bit insane according to some people because of what we like, but I mean, I had, I had a sandbag workout today planned for today. I love sandbags. They're my favorite thing ever of all time. Yeah. And I can't, I can't bring myself to do it today. I was, I started actually a couple hours ago beating myself up about, oh man, I'm not getting my lift in today. And then tomorrow's too busy to do it. And, and, and. Yep, yep, yep. Here's the thing is that I know if I try to force this workout, I'm going to hate it. I don't want to hate sandbags. Okay. So I don't want to lose my lobster fight on <laughs> sandbags. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hate sandbags. No. And it's I'm getting this signal because I'm very attuned to my body. I'm super sensitive. If I go do the sandbag workout, even though it's light, I'm going to hurt my knee. I'm going to hurt my right knee specifically. That's what it's telling me. I'm like, yep. I don't need to do that. So my plan is I am literally going to go for a 20 minute walk, 20 minutes. That's it. End of story. End of day, you know? Um, and same thing over the last summer when everything was shut down and like, I couldn't yeah. get to the gym and I couldn't, I, uh, there's no yeah. barbell or whatever. And I really don't want to lift. I really don't want to force myself to do this stuff. And half the time my workouts were, what do I feel? What would actually get me to show up? Yeah. To what would feel good to you right now? 
actually is going to get me to be like, okay, with showing up. And usually it was like, you have warm up lists that's this long, you've got this types of sets, you got accessories. Yeah. No, I would show up last summer and I would do a couple little core activation things. I would pick up the sandbag a few times. I would walk with the sandbag a few times and then I'd throw that thing over the bar repeatedly until I couldn't and I'd be done in like 45 minutes. I remember that. <laughs> and it was wonderful. Every time I was like, you know what? I just want to do bag over bar. Fine. But I showed well, up. Okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> right? So this couple more couple more points that go along with that. Um liking a specific behavior after learning that is associated with a positive reward, like more energy, triggers wanting to perform that action, similar to a Pavlovian conditioned response, and consistently motivates that behavior. So it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, yeah. that's what you wanted to do and you like doing it. And like, I'm just going to do this again. Hey, now you're wanting to move because you're looking forward to doing that thing. Exactly. And when yeah. you don't want to do that thing, don't do that thing. What would feel good? Right? So she mentioned like, once you start to discover activities that work and feel good, give them to yourself as gifts. Yes. I love, love that thought. Right? Yeah. Such a nice way of saying things. So yeah. she's she's got this she's got this list which I just I really think it's good. Like how do I how do I even know? Because how many times have we done stuff we hate to do, and then we have just lost the awareness. We've lost that connection. We have no idea what would feel good. We haven't done anything we've liked in a while, right? right? Or we think it doesn't count because it's not really quote exercise. It's it's not really a enough of a strenuous activity to count. But this is about movement. This is about maintaining movement over your life, mm -hmm. right? Like, should my walk count? I've had uh, trainers argue like, uh, locomotion is not activity or is not exercise. And I'm like, look, I'm going for a 20 minute walk tonight. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. You know, like I went on a bike ride today and I ended up starting later than I wanted. I had a flat tire and then it was blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, crap, I only have an hour. Crap, I only have 40 minutes. And I had planned to ride today all week because I'd been watching the weather. And then I barely had any time. I'm like, I don't care. I'm still going to go. And I, I went and I did enough. And I'm like, this is good to get into it. What should I, would I have ordinarily wanted to push myself to two hours? Yeah. Would I have liked it? Yeah. Right. Because it was a should. Because I have a, a friend who says, well, if I, if I get all kitted up and I don't, if I don't go 30 miles, was it even worth it? And I have to get that out of my head because that's her thought. My thought is, shoot, I went for 30 minutes and it felt great. And yeah, it took me 30 minutes to put all this gear on and the bike in the car and whatever. And I don't care because I still got to do it and I liked it. Yeah. 30 miles is an arbitrary friggin' number anyway. Yeah. Whatever. So, so she, she talks about like how to develop the awareness of how you really feel versus how you think you should feel. And learning to act on that genuine feeling in the moment puts you in charge of decisions that you're probably making out of habit for years so she's got this quick list of things that you can ask yourself if you don't know if you have the book it's on page 109 um stuff like when i envision myself in an enjoyable physical activity i see myself doing mm -hmm. you would say sandbags right oh yeah right? sandbags deadlifts like any day of the week <laughs> deadlifts, i know right biking and deadlifts those are my favorite or anything i love lifting but i have to be in the mood i'm not <laughs> You know, in the back and forth. It's funny. If I could choose to do any physical activity, I would choose. Would it be the same thing? I don't know. 
for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that right, and that's fine. So like I'm at my best when I get the following experiences from physical activity. And then worst. You know, like what what are the things that you experience that are good and bad yeah. out of that? And um and as a result of being active every day, I want to feel slash experience the following thing. So that's how you kind of develop that awareness that you didn't have before. And you start cluing in to what you really want to do. And that's the whole reason why we move. Who cares? Who said you should move? Your doctor? Some, some, what is it, like public service announcement by the government? <laughs> Your parents? How old are you? Right? But it's stuck. It's stuck. It's those messages that we've been receiving for so long that has tainted our why. And here's 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 the thing about the healthy thing I couldn't find. To be healthy tends to be a wrong why for many people because it's too abstract. It doesn't provide the immediate feedback we need to keep striving toward it because people are more motivated by immediate results than future rewards. Yes. What are the immediate results you want? Uh on a day-to-day -day basis, which is the why I show up, I do something every single day. It didn't yeah. start like that. I do something every single day because I like sleeping well. I really do. You know, I like being able to eat my food and digest it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so when you have that, like, you know, I'm going to do something that I enjoy for 20 minutes to 90 minutes, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And then I get to sleep, I get to sleep good. And yeah. I'm going to eat my dinner and not feel like crap afterwards. Yeah. You I know, and the dinner the sleep you get from being exhausted. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even like the, the, there's two types of exhausted, right? There's the, I had to exhausted. That's not a fun exhausted. Then there's the, I showed up and put myself out there full throttle everything on the line let's go let's do this thing like excitement excited little kid thing exhausted the second well, one's fun <laughs> yeah but you can even think about it this way going to an amusement park that'll wear you out yeah how much did you walk how much did you do how much you probably didn't even eat that much maybe you did right but you're moving all day what about when you went to the vacation and took a walk on the beach you went hiking when you go for a walk on the beach, you can walk for miles and you don't realize how hard it is to walk in the sand. You're wiped out. You sleep like a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about versus, oh, I just pulled a 60-hour week. Yes. And when I came home, I had to take care of a sick family member. That That's not the fun kind of thing. <laughs> no. So, no. Um, and I'd like to um, unless you've got anything else you want to add i'd like to tie this in a little bit to some things for musicians sure um, okay so just to tie it in, in in two different ways number one to practice right all of these same little questions that we're asking about showing up for physical activity if if you don't have an answer for why you're showing up to practice if you don't have a good like i feel good about this practice session might be something to consider right yeah. might be something to consider why are you showing up to do your long tones why are you playing this piece is it if it's a piece that you were assigned that you hate can you find a way to make it fun you what know if it's not practice what mm -hmm. if it's your job that too Ooh. and that could be an orchestra job not that i want to say anything against that yeah. but you know when we're back in the swing of things and it's a lot oh, yeah the question is why 
Mm-hmm. Is it burnout? Why? Why are you not looking forward to this? What would feel good? Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to be an advocate for you know proper rehearsal schedules and stuff like that. So when we stop just doing what we should as good orchestral musicians or whatever, um, or on tour, maybe you're a rock musician, maybe you're a country artist, maybe you're in a band, maybe you play on Broadway or Beale Street or wherever you are, right? Yeah. How many shoulds are we living by as musicians when it comes to our playing rehearsal schedule? What we will accept in terms of money versus time? All yeah. of those things, they all tie together. And when you start reconnecting with yourself, it's easier to set boundaries and then have those conversations to advocate for ourselves yes. and advocate for ourselves as a community. Yes. And we will unpack that a little more in next week's episode, too. Yep. So we'll come back and reference this one. Um, and, and the last thing I want to tie in, too, is... Um, that long-term versus immediate thing when it comes to musicians, we're gonna, we're gonna do this specifically with physical activity, fitness, strength, that sort of thing. Um, I actually had a consult today that I did with a couple of, the, couple of younger musicians and um, they're both, you know, starting to, the physical taxation of playing an instrument is starting to get to them, starting to manifest as pain. And I was asked how long it was going to take. And if it's the kind of thing where eventually we can just get to a, oh yeah, do this uh, set of exercises and just do it forever or do it for a couple months or do it for a couple years and you're good. Yeah. So that mindset, when it, when it came down to it and it was a, it was hard to explain because I'm such in a different mental place and I knew where they were because I had been there, but I have an extra, you know, 10 to 15 years of experience on this. Right. Uh, I'm like, okay, how do I translate this into Jen from 10 to 15 years ago? You know, um, I thought for a long time that it was about strength was going for musicians going to be about avoiding injury. And that's a big draw to get people to pay attention. So you'll see it a lot for advertising, which again, we'll, we'll unpack um, in next episode because that gets our attention, right? Um, if you are trying to do physical activity to avoid injury, you're gonna end up in the same category as the weight loss people. It's going to be a chore. You're not gonna, but, but I have to do this. I should do this or I'm, what keeps me coming back from a musician standpoint? So I I didn't like upper body work. I'm just now really starting to like it. Okay, um, and I think it's because my upper body. I know it's because my upper body was so hurt. Um, I started really really working on my lats in conjunction with my abs. So the lats, the big back muscles, um, yeah. very large support Your muscles. Wings. Your wings, and once they started getting stronger, I had a practice session where I was like, you know what? This feels different today. I literally stopped in the middle of my warmups, got my phone out and put it next to me. Cause I know how I used to look from the side when I was playing. Yeah. And I recorded about 20 minutes of myself playing to see my position, to see how I changed as I was just, you know, I got through my warmups. I started working on this concerto. I felt better at the end of it. My back didn't hurt. And I looked at the video and I'm like, I am so much more upright. And I know it's because I felt my lats. 
And not like I'm contracting them or gripping them, but just like they you were, were just present. Yeah. They were doing what they needed to do passively for me to be more upright. And my sound, my tone got better and I was less hurt. Like, so doing this work, I get a 5%, let's say just arbitrary number, 5% increase in my performance, in my musical performance. If I can get a 5% increase, what would a 10% be like? What would the next 5% after that be like? You know what I mean? That keeps you coming back. The idea of getting better at performing by doing something else that you like. Yes. That's what we're, that's what you and I, I think are after for musicians, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there is some of, honestly, there is, there's definitely some insurance, like insuring your body. Injury yeah. avoidance or prevention yeah. right. is, is definitely some insurance that, you know, yeah. but there's right. different ways. Like, like he said, you know, when the trainer, he hired him to do a certain thing. And I used, I joke with my clients like, yeah, that's why you're hiring me because yeah. you hire me because you make, you know, I make you do things you don't want to do. And then, you know, and then I joke and I'm like, yeah, I yell at you. You sweat, you swear at me, you complain. And then he's pay me. And then I'll say, ah, okay, I'll see you next week. <laughs> that's not exactly how it goes at all. I don't yell and they don't swear usually, <laughs> but you know, it's just kind of funny, but you know, the, the thing is when they, when, when I have clients who come to me and they, they're like, I don't like exercise. I don't like the gym, but I'm here because I need to be. And I know how I feel afterwards. And then they start taking ownership of, okay. So they're like, I don't like this exercise. Like, what do you like? Actually, I like this. Well, let's see if I can do that. And then they, they make it their own and it has meaning to them. That's yes. when the exercise and the activity mm -hmm. that's it's autonomy, right? Yeah. That's where it holds that personal meaning for you. And that's why they keep coming. Like I've got clients who have been with me for six years and they tell me, I hate you. I'm done with you. I'll see you next week. Like, what? <laughs> no lie. That's what she said. I'm like, you really need to stop that. That hurts my feelings. No. <laughs> I got up at 5 a.m. for you. Like, come on. <laughs> she's just, she's just salty and funny like that. But, um, you know, I mean, they just made it their own and you have to find that that way. It doesn't mean that, you can, uh, when it says find ways of moving that feel good to you, even if there's certain things that you know you need to do to prevent injury and they're not your favorites, you can still take ownership over them in a way that, that, that does feel good to you. Mm -hmm. There's always yeah. a way to make it work. You asked me to do like, I, again, back to that upper body. Yeah. If you asked me to do push-ups, which a couple of people did, or, um, inverted rows so you're hanging on a yep. bar with your feet on the ground and rowing up that's for, for people who are not gym folks i hated it i hated it every time i always felt weak i couldn't stand it but you give me things that are very similar right so banded rows yeah. cable rows with different hand position instead of that you know like oh we're gonna learn to do a pull-up yeah. Pull-ups are, pull-ups are a bad word for me. You know, like pull-ups are emotional scarring for me because I couldn't do one and I failed my fitness test. Never and been able to do super one. Super nerd and like, super <laughs> nerds don't like to fail any tests. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> True. You know, so you do that, but then you, okay, so we're going to take you and put you in a different position. We're going to give you a rope to pull a sled or a weight on. Well, it doesn't feel like you're trying to climb a rope, but you're getting the same activation. 
Right. Getting the same activation in a way that doesn't traumatize you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm constantly asking my clients, how's that feel? Is that all right? You like that? Do you not like that? And they're like, I don't like this one. I'm like, cool. So there's some exercises we just don't do. There's a different exercise that will work just as well. Yeah. And it makes me be more creative. But, you know, we can also change out attachments and handles. And, you know, some people have a tactile thing. This is fine. But when right. you find, like, I have this one client that um, came to me for lower back pain. And she doesn't really exercise any other way. Like, she'll go for a walk every once in a while. But, like, she doesn't take any classes. She doesn't really do much of anything. She just doesn't. She was like, I want to be strong. I don't want my back to hurt. I want to be able to pick up my niece and nephew. I'm like, Whoa. right on. She has no more back pain, right? She is solid. We're still working together. It's great. But her, I would, I find, I looked at her and I'm like, I'm going to get you to deadlift. And she's like, what? So before she moved, I got her to deadlift. And the look on her face, I have it on video on YouTube. She's like, <sighs> she just got this like, yeah, I did that. It didn't hurt. It felt good. Like she started to own her space and herself. And those movements, yeah. she's like, I can do this. And she yeah. could just, she wrote me the most awesome testimonial. She's like, look, my whole life has changed because now I have that feeling of I don't have to be careful of every motion in daily life. Right. That is a huge gift. Huge. I, it's my favorite. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> and when you translate that to musicians and they're like, look, I don't have to be afraid to pick up my instrument and play anymore. I don't have to worry. Can I make it through a four hour set or an all day recording session or a whatever? They right. just know that they're going to. Right. Work. Or am I so inflamed that I have to be on painkillers and I better wear my wrist brace, but oh yeah, I have to figure out how to coordinate. Wrist braces are a problem. By the way. We won't leave that long. But when you start going, I have to figure out how to gain when to show up so that I can wear my wrist brace long enough and take it off without anybody seeing it. Yeah. Right. That was me, by the way. That was me. (laughs) Which is part of why I'm so against wrist braces. But we'll leave that alone. (laughs) Anyway, chore to gift. Take autonomy and... uh, I want to know what your wrong whys are. Drop comments wherever you are or, or send us emails. We'll drop all our information. I want to know what your wrong whys are. And have you found a, a right why? What is, when you listen to your body, what's, a, what's an exercise or an activity that you felt like you should do? And right. then when you listen to your body, you realized you'd rather do something else. What was that something else? Mm-hmm. I would love to see a whole page of comments where people go, oh my gosh, me too, right? Right. You're not alone in this. We all go through that. And it doesn't mean like just because you didn't want to do a certain exercise doesn't mean you didn't want to do it, you know, forever. It's just that day. That's fine. Or maybe it is forever. I don't know. But I mean, I never want to get on a treadmill again. Just saying. (laughs) You know, sometimes I wish I could run and then I might, and then I'm like, no, not, not really. I've never liked it. As long as I can sprint, I'm okay. Yeah. Running, I don't care. That's fair. <laughs> if I never get on elliptical again, I'll be happy. <laughs> For real, guys, drop us your comments. Um, it sounds like we're, we're about ready to wrap up. So let's do some yeah. quick plugs. Um, then we'll talk about maybe next week. So <laughs> Yeah, you go ahead. Go first. All right. Um, again, I am Dr. Jen Cavis. You can find me online at tunedandtonedperformance.com. That's tuned with a D and toned with a D. Um, Instagram and Facebook at tuned and toned performance. Uh, YouTube, just type in tuned and toned performance in the search bar. I come right up. We are now live on Anchor. Yeah, we so, are. So 
you've got Spotify, if you've got uh, Apple Podcasts, if you've got Google uh, Podcasts, we, we should be live on all of those. Uh, we've got two episodes up right now. Um, we're playing catch up to our YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for those. Those are going to start dropping every other week. Um, on Tuesdays. Yeah, on, on, yes, on Tuesdays. Um, yeah, if you are in Tallahassee, uh, come, you know, check, check me out. We'll, uh, we'll do a session. Um, I coach out of Big Ben Strength and Conditioning. Um, you can reach out to me through any of the socials that I just mentioned or my website. Um, we can do a consult for free. I offer one-on-ones, group coaching, um, semi-private. So if you've got a friend with similar issues and you guys want to do a session together, hit me up. Um, and we've got, uh, yeah, full group classes. Yeah. Right on. That's what I got. <laughs> and I am Angela McHouston. You can find me at Everything Music Strong. So website, Music Strong. Facebook, Music Strong. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> Music Strong Fitness. Twitter is Flute Angel with a J, but I don't really tweet much. So, but I'm there. Uh, YouTube is Music Strong Fitness. So, I mean, it's all the same. Uh, you can email me at Angela at MusicStrong.com. And I am doing a whole bunch of things. Um, I mentioned this group coaching program that is launching this month. I would love to have you join, but we should probably set up a call just to make sure it's the right thing for you. It's not for everybody. It is not. But it is right for the people who want to empower themselves to understand. I think we have way too much stuff and we don't know what to do with the stuff. So this program is going to teach you what to do with the stuff, how to take care of your body, how to understand how to get job security. And the three core problems that hold musicians back from getting it, and then what to do about it. I'm going to handhold you through it. I'm going to lead you through it. You're going to learn the things in a group setting. It's going to be fun. I also have the COVID comeback challenge, which is not really a challenge. It's just a six or a 12-week workout. And if you join the 12-week workout, you have a free hypervolt massage gun. Who doesn't want one of those? But <laughs> if you are ready, those those workouts are um, they're all online. You just join, and then you join the community. You get weekly coaching calls. You get a couple of one-on-ones with me, actually. I write the program for you. You get instrument-specific workouts and workouts that are designed to get you back to the playing level that you were or even better a year ago before COVID hit so you can be longer you can play longer and stronger and be fit for the stage uh I've also got instrument specific workouts you can download and I think that's everything oh no if you are in Nashville I do one-on-one personal training as well I would love to have you come join me I'm at next level fitness 1917 Church Street across from St. Thomas Midtown Hospital that's in Midtown Nashville and uh, I give everybody free movement assessments. So I'm five minutes off Music Row. If you're like in town or whatever, just like uh, go to my website, click book, or, you know, email me, whatever, and be like, hey, Instagram me. Uh, can I get a movement assessment? Can I check out your gym? Heck yeah, come on by. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> All right. Thank um, you guys are, for joining us. Actually, we're both available online for coaching as well. So if you are non-local for Action. either of us, Duh. hit us up anyway. <laughs> we are happy to work with you. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, tune in next time. We're going to be following up on this for, I think this topic will be something like sustainability. Um, so big, important one. Big Permission. Important one. Permission, Permission and sustainability. Permission of self-care and what sustains us, we sustain. Yeah. All right, everyone. See you next time.